What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Big Norm, and you are listening to the Everyday Norm Podcast. You are listening to the Everyday Norm Podcast, the podcast that talks about your everyday issues. No topic is off limits from fashion, sports, traveling, even anime. If it's a topic, we talk about it. And if it's hot, you know it's going on the grill. I'm your host, Big Norm. Thank you for tuning in and tell a friend about the Everyday Norm podcast. Now, let's do this. What's up, everyone? This is your boy, Big Norm, and welcome back to another episode of the Everyday Norm Podcast. If this is your first time, I want to say thank you. Welcome to the Everyday Norm Podcast. Thank you for taking time out to listen. Please share and tell a friend about the podcast. Now, if you're listening in the United States, or abroad, I would like to say thank you as well. Appreciate the love and the support. Now, please go to our Facebook page, the Everyday Norm Facebook page. Become a Norm Sayer. Join Big Norm Nation. Tell me what you think about this episode and previous episodes of the podcast. Please check out my YouTube channel for my gamers, Big Norm TV, that you can find on YouTube and Instagram and also Facebook. But the YouTube channel is the gaming channel. Facebook um, is more so for skits and things like that, and I'm working on. So please check out those pages. And wherever you're getting your uh, podcast uh, streaming app, thank you very much. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever the case may be, thank you very much. Now, on today, we are going to talk about the state of the church as it pertains to, well, the state of the black church as it pertains to uh, today's age of civil rights and um, standing up and and making a difference, uh, that sort of thing. Um, you know, as far as like protesting, boycotting, things like that. Um, how things have changed over the years from um, the days of uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X to what we have now um some would say that it's not the same this uh has changed um for the worst and not necessarily for the better so we're going to dive into that today and maybe a few more things so please stay tuned it's the everyday norm podcast right here What's up, y'all? Big Norm here. Look, I have a second podcast now, but even though I have two podcasts, I still use the same platform. Anchor. Anchor is the free platform that allows you to record, edit, and publish your podcast. It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. So if you need intro music, if you need outro music, or retake a segment, don't worry. Anchor has everything you need. Anchor even distributes your podcast to Google Podcasts, Spotify, even Apple Podcasts. So what are you waiting for? You can even get paid for your podcast 
with no minimum listenership. What else can I say? It's quick, it's easy, and it's free. So what are you waiting for? Download the app on iOS, Android, iPad, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, podcasting made easy. We are back. It's the Everyday Norm Podcast with your host, Big Norm. And today we are talking about the pulpit, the church, and civil rights, civil rights actions, taking actions, how it differs today from yesteryear. Now, before I get started, I want to make a few statements, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, I am an ordained elder. Many of you all know this. I am an ordained elder. I am a pastor. Um, I have a uh, small ministry. What I do uh, on Facebook, I do words of encouragement. And we, my wife and I, we uh, go live usually on Fridays just for maybe 15 minutes and just offer everyone a few words of encouragement we don't want to take up a lot of time because friday you know people are getting off work getting home and have plans for the remaining weekend so um i'm coming from a place basically of experience if you can say that um so i'm not basically i'm not talking from the outside in i'm talking from the inside out and this has really been uh, on my mind for some time. I just never um, decided at the time to really uh, make an episode of it. And what I'm saying is that what I have noticed, and I'm not saying that um, I'm not trying to say anything bad. I will. I'm speaking the truth. <coughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm speaking the truth. I, you know, I'm just, I I make observations. I see things. I watch things. I observe things. And I'm going by what the climate is. And we live in a day, we live in a day and age now where everyone, it seems like in the black community, because we see so many things that are going on, police brutality, the blatant racism that is, um, that is so bold these days as maybe a couple of years ago or so forth but it is so bold and so obvious the racial unjust the systemic racism the police brutality things of that nature we see it has made a dramatic rise not a return because it's never left it was just um quote unquote maybe not under the radar but uh it was being used in other ways i've said this before <coughs> excuse me uh, ladies and gentlemen racists have turned in for the most part their white uh, hoods and robes for black robes on the uh judges uh seat judge bench um badges in the police force uh masks in the healthcare field in the medical field um suit and ties and dresses 
as far as lawyers and attorneys and prosecutors of that nature. So many of these races have found other ways to in, instill their beliefs into a system to where it can still affect us, maybe not directly, but most definitely um, it can still affect us. And we see the constant shooting deaths of unarmed black men and women and um, it has gotten so out of hand. It's been out of hand, but it's gotten so out of hand uh, these days. And we see the same thing. Um, usually um, someone is killed, a cop uh, is investigated. If he's investigated, maybe brought on charges, uh, maybe go to trial, maybe get convicted. And, uh, sentenced to something that is really nowhere near what that officer should get um, in the case of both and John and I can't remember the lady's name Amber I think her name is she gets 10 years for shooting both and John in his apartment she claimed she thought it was her apartment she saw him she shot she fired um, she killed him she gets 10 years um David Chauvin, the man who choked and murdered George Floyd last year, just recently convicted and sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison for basically killing George Floyd, having a knee on his neck for over nine minutes. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's just being kind because we've seen cases where officers were never prosecuted um, for what they've done. Uh, the system defended them. And we have seen a large case of protesting, not rioting, protesting, ladies and gentlemen, um, among the black community, the minority community. But it seems like now, because back in the day, we had Mecca Evers, we had um, Hosea Williams, we had uh, Ralph uh, Abernathy, we had Martin Luther King. Um, we had those men and some women uh, leading the charge for civil rights, taking up the mantle, being out in the forefront. Um, Jesse Jackson, you know, uh, people like that. Nowadays, it seems like the black community is waiting for someone to be that next Martin or that next Malcolm, but not realizing that every last one of us has the potential to be the next Martin to be the next Shirley Chisholm, to be the next Mecca Evers, to be the next Coretta Scott King. Instead of waiting for someone else, we could be that So We could be that someone else. But I look at the black church as a whole. And I look at the black church and I see things that I do not agree with, that I don't like. One of the things that I don't like is how for the most part and I'm not saying every single black church that is um, in existence in the country what I'm talking about is the black church as a whole how we have so many um, pastors <coughs> black pastors who have ministries have churches no matter how big or small how they choose to basically stay on the sideline say nothing and definitely do nothing 
Now, someone may be asking, well, Big Norm, why is this a problem? Well, I'll tell you why. Because during the civil rights movement um, that started pretty much in 1955, people will say that's the official start of the civil rights movement after the Montgomery bus boycott of Rosa Parks and the lynching of Emmett Till that happened all in the same year. We had, you had your Malcolms, you had your Martins, you had your Abernathy's, you had your Jesse Jacksons, you had your Al Sharptons, <coughs> and you had, you all, please excuse me, seem like every time I do a podcast, all of a sudden I'll get a cough and I don't understand why and it really frustrates, so please bear with me. I do apologize for it. But we had all these leaders that were coming in, and a lot of them, it's not like they just came out and said, hey, I'm going to be the next uh, leader of this and that. They saw a need and they filled those roles. Um, I'm pretty sure some of them were thrown into it, but they saw the state of their communities. They saw the state of their people and what were going, what was going on, and they did not like it. So they stood up to make a change, to start change, to promote change, to um, spark change. These were leaders. Now, you go down the line: Jesse Jackson, preacher; Al Sharpton, Reverend; Martin Luther King, <coughs> pastor; um, um, Malcolm X. Nation of Islam, David, David, happened. These were men of the faith. These were men of the church that came out and were the leaders of these many of these demonstrations, these protests, and and going to Washington to speak to uh, uh, the White House for change. Now it seems like the church has. To me, a lot of them have become scared. They don't want to get involved in that. And I'm having a problem with this is because it's, it's like this. There was a time, ladies and gentlemen, when the black church, or when the church as a whole, period, was the cornerstone of the community. You pretty much knew everybody, and everybody pretty much knew you because chances are, you know, you had a fairly sized city pretty much everyone would go to roughly the same church and during during the civil rights age that was very very prevalent because many times you were not welcome in a white church so you had to find the black churches and you pretty much knew this for even if they lived on the other side of town the church was a community cornerstone it would go out and and have people uh People could feel safe. People could feel comfortable coming to the church because they felt, you know, surely in this midst of all this chaos, I can go to my my spiritual leader for help, advice, or this, that, and the third. And these 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 men and women, like I said, it's not like they woke up and just decided um, for history sake they were going to do this. <clears throat> they just decided to take a stand. Nowadays, you have pastors, you have presiding bishops, you have bishops, you have uh, 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 master prophets, you have overseers, whatever name you want to use, that would rather sit on the sideline and say nothing and do nothing in spite of everything that's going on. 
And the problem I have is this, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot, we as men and women of God, cannot be so heavenly bound that we are no earthly good. I'll say that again. We as men and women of God can't be so heaven bound that we are no earthly good. Now, the Bible teaches us to not get caught up in the affairs of the world. Of the world, I get that. Some of the things that I, I see on um, on social media and news, I just don't get involved with because a lot of the stuff is frivolous. But when it comes to social injustice, when it comes to police brutality when it comes to blatant racism i can't turn a blind eye or deaf ear to these things because these these things affect are affecting my people both of john could have easily been me just give an example you know i think about you know how we tamir rice in part in the park shot or holding a toy gun I think about Laquan McDonald, shot dead in the street. I think about Sandra Bland. I think about Eric Garner. I think about George Floyd. What's to stop? What would be to stop those things from being either me, my brother, my wife, or my son? So when I see these things, that's who I envision my father being choked out or my brother being shot down or my sister being manhandled that's what i see and because of that or my wife and my son i can't i can't say nothing or do nothing and i feel that any preacher that decides they don't want to get their hands dirty i think you're doing a disservice to the people god why it's very very simple how can you as a preacher as a man of God, as a man of the cloth, turn around and preach to your congregation about God, about family, about salvation, this, that, and the third, when you have church members that are being uh, brutalized, that are being unjustly stopped, that are being unjustly arrested, who are dealing with the court, and meaning they have a family member who was killed by a police officer uh, unjustly in the cover up how can you in turn talk about God but when the when the community needs you you stay in your pulpit you don't come out see I, I, this is a I, this is a problem I have with the church as a whole the church wants to outreach I mean they want you to go out and get the people and bring the people into the church but they don't want to reach out they don't want to reach out meaning when the community needs the church to be the forefront to help them with issues like that the church wants to stay on the sideline and not get involved because it's uh, we wrestle not with flesh and blood things like that that's what bothers me ladies and gentlemen that's what bothers me back in the day it was our clergymen it was our pastors that were leading the charge now you have so many that don't want to get involved so how in turn how can you preach to your congregation preach to your congregation about God's salvation but never addressing the issues that they're facing right now in your face right now it's like this and this may not be the best example I'll try to use a good example it's like you see someone you see someone hungry 
asking you for something to eat. And usually we'll witness to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Witness to them, tell them they need the Lord and tell them what God can do. I have no problem with that. That's what we're supposed to do. We're, we are supposed to be witnesses. We're supposed to tell the good news, the gospel, and tell people the goodness of the Lord. Nothing wrong with that. But you clearly see a need that this person has, which is what? They are hungry. They're asking for food. <clears throat> they have not eaten in some time. But in your mindset, in this day and age, the preacher or the church is basically saying, well, I can't help you with the food, but I can help you with God. I help you. I can help you find God. But you're not willing to address the issue, the natural issue that this person is going through. He has no problem with you trying to tell him all he's saying. Look, can I get something to eat? Can you help me in the process of you witnessing to me? Can you help me at least get something in my stomach? Because what? guess what? Usually, for example, I mean, if you all, I know I haven't been hungry and, you know, sometimes our attention span isn't what it normally is because we're focused on getting something to eat. So, you know, not saying we're, we're irritable, but we're more inclined to not hear certain things if or not listen to certain things if people are talking to us because we're trying to address an immediate problem. I'm hungry. I need to get something to eat. Okay, so you have conversation, you know, uh, hey, man, I need to let me let me holler at you later because I need to go get something to eat. I'm getting hungry or what some people say. I'm getting hangry because you're angry because you're hungry. You haven't eaten yet. So you're willing to preach a witness to this man and all he's asking for something to eat. And you saying, no, I can't address the natural the natural need which you need. I can't address that. You that's that's not my concern. That's basically what the church is telling people today. How dare and I'm I'm looking at how dare you? How dare how dare you? How can you as a pastor? How can you look a member in the eye and basically say nothing? Because I'm pretty sure out of all these police killings, even back from back to Sean Bell, um uh I can't remember the guy he I can't remember his name. Uh Michael B. Jordan played him in um uh, Fruitvale Station, but um, Philando Castile, Walter Scott, Alton Sterling, <clears throat> uh, uh, the man that was um, killed in Atlanta shortly after George Floyd. Um, I don't. How can you talk to those people, the families of those people, and not do anything? say anything but <clears throat> you can tell them about God you can tell them about um, <clears throat> getting God getting, but they're dealing with their loved one being shot down like a dog in the street and you say nothing you do nothing but they are members of they are members of your church I refuse to believe that every single person over the past few years that have been killed or affected by gun violence uh, police brutality system, systemic racism I refuse to believe that none of them had a church home I refuse to believe that but the question is what did the pastor do if anything to help them during this time other than say come to church drop your offering drop your tithes come hear the word go home read your bible what more do you do people and I'm and this is this is 
what I'm getting ready to say is for every single, every single, and it doesn't matter to me what uh, organization, whether you are, this is going to the Baptist, this is going to the, Meth the Methodist, this is going to the Presbyterian, this is going to the full gospel, this is going to the Church of God in Christ, this is going to, <clears throat> uh, go. this is going to the Catholic this is going to every single preacher, every single pastor, every single church, every single church organization or denomination. And that is this. Give your news flash, ladies and gentlemen. As men and women of God, we can and we should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. We should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. It does not mean that you're getting distracted by taking on or helping with these issues now i'll give you an example i am not the biggest i'm not a fan of jamal bryan i have nothing against him just not a fan of him. he uh passes new birth missionary baptist church in atlanta founded by the late uh, uh bishop eddie long um you can say what you want about jamal and we he has made the news over the past few years the one thing i give him credit for when it comes to wrongdoing wrong social injustice jamal bryan is in the forefront he's doing something even if that very even if the even if that something is merely using his voice but to the preacher you can talk about it in your bible study you can talk about it in your sunday morning message but you won't go outside those four walls that steeple you won't go past those pews and talk about it to the people that need to hear it they're not no one's asking you to go out and hurt someone no one's asking you to pick up a gun no one's asking you to destroy anyone's property no one's asking you to put in your life or their lives or anyone's life in danger all people are looking for you looking to you is for support and you are not giving that for the most part not every not every church not every church not every church because well we, we we just can't we can't do that we can't we can't do. in the bible ladies and gentlemen what did jesus do when he saw the merchants desecrating the house of the lord did he in a nice soft voice say anything along the lines of you all know you shouldn't be doing this you should stop this this isn't right this is wrong my father would not be pleased with this no he did not he took action he turned over the tables he told him you how dare you come and, and and disrespect the house of god this is what jesus did ladies and gentlemen this is what jesus did jesus even jesus had enough knowledge all the people that would follow Jesus to hear him. You know what Jesus did? Jesus would feed him. Would feed him. Why? Because he knew they had been following him for some time, a day or two. They were hungry. And a lot of people followed Jesus because they knew he was going to feed the people afterwards. But he was not so heaven bound. He was not so about God's business, his father's business, that he neglected to address the issues, address one single issue. You know what? Um, these people are hungry. They've been following me. I need to give them something to eat. That way they won't fall by the wayside on their way back to their homes. So, what is it, people? 
What is it, Pastor? What is it, Evangelist? Why do you choose to stay on the sideline? Why do you choose to stay on the sideline? Everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a part to play. But you need to find out what your role is. I'm not saying go out and be the forefront, be the forefront pastor. All I'm saying is do more than what you've been doing, which is nothing. We can talk, we can say a whole lot of stuff. It's like this. How we say people can talk, say what they want to behind your back, but how quick are they to say it in front of your face? If it bothers you that much, you know, say it, say it to my face. Say it to my face. But the pastors, for the most part of today, aren't willing to do that. And that's a problem, in my opinion. Now, I take my podcast and I speak about things. I've talked about police brutality. I've talked about systemic racism. I've talked about um, politics and how things are working, how they should be working and should not be working. I take that on because I'm using my platform to bring awareness and some people don't agree with it some people some of my friends don't agree with it some of my family members don't agree with agree with it some of them will rather just sit and let things go by and they say it's like this i'm going to say this and i'm going to just leave this alone and you can pray all you want preacher man you can pray all you want evangelist sister evangelist i will tell you this the bible teaches us that faith without works is dead so what am i saying Okay, we can pray for change and all that, this, that, and the third. But let me ask you, I'm I'm going to say this. You are unemployed. You have faith. You love God. You believe God. You trust God. You know that God is going to bless you with a job. You've been praying for a job. God is going to bless you with a job. You have the faith that you will be blessed with a job. But if God can provide you with the job, the very least, ladies and gentlemen, the very least you can do is go online and fill out an application. What I'm saying is we can't expect God to do everything. We just sit back and do nothing. Like I said, the Bible teaches us that faith without works is dead. We have to put that faith we have into action. So you can pray, preacher, man. You can fast all you all you want to. But the people outside the church are looking at where are your works where you were you want us to come to your church and worship with you but we need you to come out to the community instead of just expecting the community to come out to you every single sunday oh you can ask the community to come to your church and drop money drop seed offering drop tithe drop offering but we need you to come out and just support us we can't find you that's a problem that's a problem ladies and gentlemen and of course, I would tell every pastor, be led by the Lord. But I would, the very least you can do is raise your voice. And here's another thing, Pastor Evangelist. If you choose to do nothing, you have every right to do nothing. To do what you want to do, to do what you're currently doing, that's fine. But out of respect, please, please, my brother, my sister, please don't knock the people that decide to do something. Because we can sit back and do nothing and expect and hope change happens, or you can take action and be a part of that change. And sometimes change takes a long time, but it can happen. But sitting on the sideline doing nothing doesn't help anyone, not me, not you. And I would hope before I get out of here, when I mention these things, I hope I'm so passionate about this because I would hope that if some of officer held 
held a, a knee to my neck for nine minutes or if I was shot in the park with a toy gun or uh, uh, if I was getting choked out on the street or I was getting tased repeatedly unjustly I would hope that I just pray I just pray and I just hope that someone outside of my house other than my wife other than my son someone in my family outside of my house would stand up and try to fight for justice for me since I would no longer be able to get justice for myself I really would hope that but we want to we don't want to get our hands dirty so you know that's the problem that I'm seeing with the church I don't personally feel you can reach you can outreach to the community if you're not willing to reach out to that same community when they need you ladies and gentlemen that will be the end that will do it for today's episode of the podcast i hope you enjoyed it once again sometimes we have to tackle tough topics that are not easy they're not feel-good topics but nonetheless they need to be discussed to raise awareness so it is not my intent to offend anyone but sometimes people need to be offended for them to realize certain things but like i said in my uh, opening no topic is off limits i can still be respectful but no topic is off limits so thank you very much for those who took time to listen and i hope i pray that you have a pastor if you're part of a church home i hope that your leader is willing to do something other than just hide behind his pulpit his altar um so uh please thank you once again now please go to my other podcast speak life i will be doing the season ending episode uh with episode 15 please check that out um i want to thank everyone once again for all of your support Please continue to keep me and my family in prayer as we pray for you. Please uh, be safe, practice social distancing, wear your gloves, wash your hands, and please wear a mask. Be safe out there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, This has been the Everyday Norm Podcast. I am your host, Big Norm. I love you all with the love of Jesus, and I will leave you with these words. Let's look upward and not downward. Let's go forward and not backwards. Always lend a helping hand. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I will see you when I see you.